Oh. <laughs> hey, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, I am super excited this week to have uh, a friend and a former colleague. I almost said a former friend. That's not, that's not right. Uh, current friend, former colleague, Courtney Thompson. Welcome, Courtney. Hey, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Yeah, this will be fun. These are, uh, these are always informative sessions, but when I, when I have super cool people, uh, that I actually like, it's even more fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you actually like me. <laughs> so Courtney, a lot of, lot of new, uh, new news in your world, right? So for folks Absolutely. that, uh, that don't know, we were teammates at Flagstar Bank for a number of years and Courtney ran, uh, the default servicing business at, uh, at Flagstar. And so, um, interesting times early on right because still navigating the post first crisis wave of of default and all the regulatory rigmarole and re-engineering and building a more modern consumer experience there and right in the middle of that boom pandemic covid and chaos so let's talk a little bit about before we go into your what you're doing now let's let's sure. talk about like yeah because I remember the, 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 the quick pivot, right, when the world changed uh, about 15 yeah. months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, take us through, like, what happened that, that first week when it was just all, everything was hitting the fan. Well, it's, it was pretty insane, actually, especially because we ran a tri-state operation, right? So we had people in Bellevue, Washington, interestingly, King County, the first county in the country that sent people home. And so, you know, of any department at the bank, we had a quick learning session on how to move default call center home because we had to do it in a day. Yeah. Um, and as soon as that happened, um, it was the same time where we weren't sure if those 14 people from the cruise ship really gave us all COVID-19, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we weren't sure how real this thing was and we weren't ready to be scared yet. Um, but Friday the 13th, which is, you know, apropos. Uh, you know, <laughs> we like hit the red button and, um, you know, moved all of our humans home. Um, it was an early decision. I think Flagstar did a just tremendous job in managing conceptual COVID-19, getting humans home, disaster response. I mean, really, I mean, it was genuinely impressive. And I was at the table for a lot of the big meetings and it, it was a big deal. Um, but, you know, that month of March, um, I remember it well even though I think biologically we're not supposed to remember things like that. I think that our <laughs> brains protect us from those events. Um, uh, but, you know, we actually had an early start. Uh, we knew that this thing was going to hit. Um, you, you mentioned this team that, you know, I had the honor of building at Flagstar had been working together in lockstep for seven years. Um, so all of my key leaders, you know, we knew how we sneezed you know, blown yeah. everything else. And so we weren't dealing with some of the challenges other servicers were dealing with because we all knew that everyone was going to show up. Um, and because of that, you know, we were first to market with a web interface. Yes, our phone centers were blowing up, but we had strategies for when that happened. Um, right. Because at my soul, I'm a fixer. I'm a girl who likes to jump on IEDs. Um, and so, you know... <laughs> If every worst case scenario is mapped out, you know, every now and again, you get to use them. Um, but there were so many critical moments. I remember, um, you know, the day before um, there was a, a national disaster actually declared by President Trump at the time. Um, I remember being on the phone with, 
you know, my boss, Lee Smith at the time and saying, um, this is a Stafford Act national disaster. This is what's going to happen. I think we should put all of our loans on foreclosure hold today. So we started and then it happened and we were like, yes. And um, so it's like small wins in the default world to be able to predict something before it annihilates you. Um, and, you know, same thing with the declaration on, you know, March 27, 5 p.m., 4.57 p.m. is when the CARES Act came out. Um, yeah. And so we were on our phones with our lawyers, you know, Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and had updated our web interface to make sure our consumers, you know, had, you know, that stuff taken care of. And, you know, um, it was, it, it, it's like seeing and remembering Black, but then I can also recount literally minutes. Um, yeah. that happened. And, you know, the phones were ringing off the hook for about 45 days. We started new hire classes on April 10 of 60 plus people at a time that we were training in a remote environment, shipping equipment in a remote environment. Um, you know, but the interesting thing about COVID and that time period that I really genuinely learned was um, you can do anything <laughs> yeah. show up, um, you know, but also that you know everyone in our country at the time was going through the same experience and so when you are a default mortgage servicing gal you are kind of a master of poo right yeah typically people <laughs> complain about your processes typically people are unhappy with you even if they're like subservicing clients they always hate you because default is never good enough um, right. even if it is great um and so you have to have thick skin and you know at that time even consumers that were waiting on the phone for 45 minutes were grateful. And they were like, I yeah. just want to know what I can do. And we have crazy stories too. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, you know, the gratitude and, you know, the, the all in this togetherness at that time yeah. was, pretty, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was in a, I had the perspective of being here at Finlocker, so I wasn't with the bank any longer. <clears throat> and I, you and I were, we were having some conversations, you know, early on, and and I was also talking with some other servicers. And what what struck me was that you guys were way ahead of the rest of the world in terms of having a not even not just having a plan, but executing on a plan like immediately, which was amazing. Well, you don't have time to think, and so you have to. I mean, <clears throat> one of my key philosophies in life is the body knows and that's not a creepy philosophy you just know if you lean in you you know it's something good if you're leaning in and you're excited about it if you're going like right. this you should pay attention to it right yeah. um and and I, i'm telling you for us it was a hundred percent that the humans that were leading the charge had all been together had all known each other you know we're all doing homeschool together we were all doing you know all of that stuff and so yeah. there was there was a lot of messy ponytails and late night wine and figuring it out, you know, and right. it, it worked out. Yeah, I guess, you know, having a team like that, the trust factor is there. Right. So you you're already that that much farther ahead than any other body, any other team that's just coming together. You already had that that trust factor. People, they you know. They, I knew if I was going to be the one at midnight, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, that there was three people yeah. with me doing that. I wasn't on my own. And that's, that's, you. you know, and the other thing is that, you know, I think that's important in life, but also, you know, when you manage a team of, you know, when I left, it was almost 600 people, um, you know, diversity of perspective is the most important thing and having a forum where people feel like they can share their perspective 
is so important, right. particularly in default mortgage servicing. If you're one person that has a question in your head about whether or not we're making the right decision, and there's not a safe forum for that, where even if you have to fight it out with somebody, fight it out. Because if you have a consumer on the phone, you know, that, that says that they were improperly charged X or Y, the chances are, if you have a million loan portfolio, there might be a million people in that same scenario. And so like, right. if you don't say something, if you don't raise your hand, if you don't feel comfortable. And so it was a goofy team, um, but the best team in the industry. And, you know, always, always people that were willing to show up with their voice. And, and I think that that's important, you know, in cultures, in startup cultures too, you know, cause I mean, that's intense work, right? Um, these are yeah. people that spend a lot of time together. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, if you don't love the people that you're working with, I mean, I think that that's maybe the number one thing to go, maybe it's time to change <laughs> your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you, you say, you mentioned the startup world, you know, that's where I live now. And it's been two years, which is oh. crazy um, that I've been here for two years. And and it, it, it's all all the same things you just described is what we go yeah. through every day and and we're in the process of launching a new mobile app right our our 3.0 yeah. version so we've had saturdays and late night uat testing and first thing in the morning retesting so that we can hit the button to 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 promote the the the, the product out so um the tr the trust factor is huge liking the people you're you're working with is huge um and there's that as this sounds morbid and sick, but there's a little bit of fun when you have that dynamic, no, right? It's but, kind of addictive. Know, it's, it really, really is. Yeah, you're, it's it's completely chaotic, but it's insanely fun. At well, the same you, time. you belong to something bigger than yourself, um, and I think that that's yeah. what we all. I mean, I think most people. I won't put it on everybody. Most people, many people, you know, do want that. They want that that experience. And I think that there's room on the planet for, sure. for people who just want to go to work and go home too. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, you gotta yeah. have them. Yeah, yeah. takes yeah. takes all kinds. So, I I uh, my director is like pointing at me saying I forgot something. Okay. There's no director. Like, this is a, director. I'm, I'm so, cool. uh, so I usually open up and ask my guests to to talk about this term fintech, but I wanted to get right into that story because I wanted to transition in it. So. You, you did amazing things at Flagstar yeah. for Flagstar, and 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 I I got I had a pretty cool perch to watch that happen. So kudos to you. And now you've pivoted out into the universe and and are going to be taking your doing the LeBron James. I'm taking my services <laughs> to or my talents to the oh, industry. You're you. you're really yeah you <laughs> you're going to take your talents to the industry. But before we yeah. talk about what you're up to, uh, because I think this is a good a good uh, segue. Uh, what does fintech mean to you? What does the word fintech well, mean to you? Well, from a Scalia interpretation perspective, I would say that it is financial services technology. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, it, 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 it should be, how about that? It should be um, innovation and not just tech. And if we could work the word inno in there, maybe it should be like fin inno tech. Yeah. Um, because if you think about what is successful in, 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 in technology and in FinTech, it's, you know, people that are actually solving problems that exist, not tech for tech sake, not, you know, slapping a workflow on top of another technology, not, you know, replicating what is, it's thinking about how things can be better, right? 
how can we create yep. a new experience or a lifelong customer or you know you know how do we solve problems fill gaps and add value with technology you know happenstance financial services space right love it so you've met this is i think my 10th or 11th episode 11 so i've had 11 very similar but very okay. unique uh descriptions and i think it's it makes sense because it's all about perspective where you sit and and yeah how you use it so let's pivot now and, and talk about kind of the new world you're entering where you you started yes. a, a new company uh yes. a growing company right <laughs> soon to be growing yeah. company uh, what the heck well, are you going to be doing um so you know when i was um at the bank i had the honor of you know running our fintech accelerator program and i jumped right in with a lot of really cool technologies you know largely on the origination space not always in servicing and servicing is my homeboy as as it were yeah. um you know and i really got to see you know how this energy right really could make processes better and and, and particularly from the perspective of working for a bank and i say it like that like a um, because Flex is pretty forward looking, but it's still a bank, right? There's still committee meetings yeah. and a lot of like meetings and oversight and all this, like all the, you know, all this stuff. Oh, it's yeah. hard to break into a bank. And, you know, interestingly, my entire career has been about creating access for consumers, you know, educating consumers and, you know, treating consumers by the letter of, you know, whatever law existed at that time period, right? Um, and, and it's not that different. It's just, a, it's a pivot, right? Um, so running an accelerator program yep. at a bank, um, you're creating access for <laughs> people who are energetic, people who care, and people who want to solve those problems and create that technology. Um, and so, you know, what I learned through my years, I entered operations in servicing as a non-traditional candidate. Um, I, I was a lawyer first. I was a trial lawyer first by trade. Um, I had the honor of building technology, data environments, proprietary tools for Flagstar. Actually, I was given the opportunity to throw default servicing in the water like John the Baptist and pull it out in the name of Flagstar. And it was so cool. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to be an operator forever. I knew I wasn't going to work at a bank forever. Um, and so, you know, there was an interesting, you know, opportunity, you know, with the world pivoting the way that it is right now in both financial services technology and the experience that I've had there. Um, and in, you know, the re regulatory environment, the consumer environment, there's a need in our industry. And so, you know, um, I took a deep breath and I decided that um, I wanted to spend all of my time doing the thing that makes me that energetic and makes me that excited. And so, you know, Consigliera was born, um, uh, you know, we aim to be your trusted advisor, right, in all things people, process, and technology, um, but really in honor of the consumer and the consumer experience. So whether that's policy, um, we're working on some cool stuff in remote online notarization and, you know, other fun stuff in the industry right now. Um, we're working on some stuff with the Homeowners Assistance Fund, which is the $10 billion from the Treasury that needs to go to the states, um, needs to get to consumers and then back to servicers. Yeah. 
um, but also high-risk regulatory management. So, you know, that is where I came up. That is how I was able to receive all of my opportunities um, along the way. You know, I worked in the first big consent orders post Dodd-Frank. I worked, you know, um, resolving high-risk regulatory problems for other financial institutions after that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's where I cut my teeth. Is that the right? I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, of yeah. course, that and of course, that now. So whether it's re readiness, we're working with a couple institutions on regulatory readiness. Um, I'm sure you saw the circular unprepared is unacceptable um, from the CFPB. Yeah. Um, but also, we're here to help if you find yourself in a sticky spot, too. And, and I, when I like what, what you're doing, it's not just old school mentality around regulatory yeah. issues and servicing. You, you bring a very forward thinking process, including leveraging innovative tech as a, as a solution. So it's going to yeah, be, it's, it's I mean, be cool it's to fun. Watch, and I sure. find that, you know, I have a unique spot mm -hmm. in the industry, um, you know, for these types of businesses, because I do have great relationships with the fintech community and great tools that, you know, that I can connect people with, but also I've been in the actual trenches and a lot of people haven't. Some of them have had yeah. fancy roles in Washington. Some of them have, you know, um, had, you know, big roles, you know, at other institutions, but literally ground up trenches, whether it's call center, you know, all of it. Um, and so it, it is a different right. perspective. It, it also is a different type of working relationship. Um, but, but it, but it, it's, it's, it's taken off and, um, I couldn't be more excited. So when you hit on the, uh, the, the bureau's kind of, uh, right. edict, right? What, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a few, uh, discussion groups. And so it's, it's pretty heated in there, but what are you, what are you hearing from servicers themselves? Cause it's, you know, like, again, I, you and I came from a, a place that really did it well. And uh, it's easy to say, oh, they weren't talking to us because we do it well, right? But I mean, yeah. you know, without naming names, I'm sure there, there's people, there, there's servicers that haven't done it well. And well, the list of services that are choked up. Right? Um, no, I mean, yes. And, and I think that, you know, Again, we've, I had the honor of having a team that had worked together through a long time, sometimes through sticky scenarios. Um, but much like anything in the universe, you know, servicers are often only as good as the last article that some angry consumer gave to the AP. Um, I have never met a human in the default mortgage right. servicing industry that I believed wanted to foreclose on a consumer or anything else like that. Um, right. You know, it's just, I think a lot of times it, it is, it is about, you know, who is managing the organization and what, and what is their core and are they managing widgets and commoditizing humans, um, meaning the bottom line only, or are they actually yeah. thinking about what they're doing? Um, and, you know, the Bureau's been really, really clear. Uh, they've given us a roadmap. Uh, you can find it at cfpb.gov or, you know, <laughs> whatever they're on. They've given you a roadmap. You know what you need to do. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you just have to be prepared. I think that the industry right now is braced for two big things related to the CFPB. Um, one is, you know, there's a series of new rule updates, changes, whatever you want to call them, um, new rules in the debt collection space um, and in RESPA. But then also the CFPB, um, you let us know in April that they plan to issue a rule and uh, Monday, they said that it will be here by the end of the month. 
um, you know, they plan to issue a rule that impacts um, the current foreclosure environment. Um, so moratoriums stand to lift um, at the top of next month. Um, the Bureau said in an investigatory rulemaking initiative in April, we're thinking December 31st. What do you think, industry? Um, right, deep breath. Every, mm. Get your paper bag. Did your director have yeah. a paper bag? Um, to breathe into. Um, no, so, but they also said, or tell us why it shouldn't be that, right? Um, and so, you know, I think that they're trying. It's interesting to see a federal regulator um, put its neck out in a space that has traditionally been reserved to the states. Um, there's a nice, a little like American yeah. legal history <laughs> conundrum there. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think they are trying to, you know, do, policymakers try to do the best things that they do. I don't know that they always come from the trenches and understand the downstream implications of the decisions they make. Um, but, you know, foreclosure has been on a standstill since March right. 18 of 2020. Um, and that includes foreclosures in the state of New York that have been pending for eight years. So it's not just this. Right. So the CFPB is attempting to regulate this population that has truly been impacted by COVID-19 financially, and that should happen. That's the right thing. Um, but but I think that the industry's fingers yeah. are crossed that there is some middle ground between now and December 31st. And, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would guess that, you know, some exclusions from that rule would be consumer has been reviewed for loss mitigation and that's not available. Um, the foreclosure commenced prior to the declaration of a national emergency. You know, things in clear categories like that, where, I, I mean, quite candidly, we have an entire vendor network that has had zero cash flow, thank you, PPE, since last March. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then and they're about, whenever the, 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 right. the so, switch so, flips, they're about, about to get crushed. Scale, um, at Flagstar, we had about 5,000 assets in foreclosure in February of 2020. If foreclosure happened on the day I left in March, you know, that looks something like to the tune of like 50,000. Um, and so, yeah, this network has yeah. been deprived of cash flow. Um, the foreclosure moratoriums have been extended, you know, five and six days before they were supposed to be lifted. You know, they ha do they pay their people? Do they call them back early? Yeah. Do they just wait? Like, how, you know, how do you even manage this environment? Not to mention the fact it's not just them. Think about courts. Courts haven't been managing foreclosures at all for a year yeah. and a half. What are they going to do now? Uh, sheriffs, uh, heck, you know, uh, all of the all of the downstream implications here, you know, are going to be nasty depending upon what this foreclosure wave actually looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so fascinating and scary at the same time because cl clearly when we when you know in the origination side and in the the no. The inventory side of real estate, there's an impact yeah. that's happening because of this moratorium. So, just for the good of of the housing industry and stabilizing values and getting inventory, we need to have, you know, a a piece of inventory that comes from foreclosure. That's just always been part of. Well, yeah, there's the not model. there's there's nothing and, that's and there's broken. quite the and, inventory. Yeah, and and so it it does feel like the. There needs to be some 
it's almost like opening the floodgate. You need to just kind of slowly let the water start flowing out without, you know, ripping out the berms yeah. and the beam well, and all I that mean, stuff. We have so a lot of good gonna be vendors in that network. I think that people are going to do it the right way to the extent that they can. Um, there's a rule environment to support what the right way yeah. is now. Whereas in the, you know, in the last downturn, all of the rules, the CFPB, like none of it existed. And so, you know, people did the best with right. you know, what was there and now the rules do exist. And so um, I hope better for the industry this time around. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ever optimistic. So I, ha I actually feel like uh, it, it won't be like we went, what we went through. No, back well, certainly in not on the servicer side. And those totally rules different. alone will prohibit any tidal wave um, really making it. I yeah. mean, there's only so many foreclosures that you can, right. assets that you can review for foreclosure eligibility in a day. Like, we're going from there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we, we've been going here for a good 25 minutes. I, I, I want to close by letting folks uh, get to know you a little bit better. So for one, share with the group how they can get a hold of you if, 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 if you want them to. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> I don't, don't call me, I'll find you. <laughs> and then share something that, that will help people just get to know you outside of this business a little bit. So start with how we can how we can find you yeah. if if uh, if we have some servicers 100%. or asset well, owners all my that information are is at our website. Um, it's consigliera.com. Think of Tony Soprano Consiglieri and give it a give it a girl name. dot com. Um, I'm yeah. Courtney at consigliera.com. Um, right. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, um, and I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, and so, you know, find me there, Courtney Thompson or the company, and I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear about your problems. I'd love to see, I'd love to just meet you, um, and see if there's a way that, you know, um, we can help in the future yeah. and me, uh, I mean, I think that, I think that the most important <laughs> thing to know about me is that like, I really am a human's human and I learned after a long time of being a traditional litigator um, where I thought that I just wanted to be alone and win my cases, um, that that was a pretty unhappy life. And, um, you know, since the beginning of time, it's interesting, my, all of my energy has always been driven by people. So to think that, you know, that I'm opening a company to, you know, create more access for consumers um, to all of our servicers and to, you know, all of this technology it, you know, I'm currently living the coolest time period of my whole life because I'm walking in my own shoes. And so, you know, uh, being a human's human at my core, yeah. um, I wasn't lying to you when I said I want to meet you. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I, you know I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong learner about <laughs> humans. Um, and I hope to, you know, continue to deliver that for the industry in a way that we can make impact, not just for one portfolio or one institution, but hack, I mean, like, let's work for all of them. I mean, we, we can do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. It's doable. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Love the energy. Uh, so excited for you and what you're doing. And um, it's going to be, uh, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but you, you don't mind that. That's no big deal. Uh, finally, uh, we got to get back on the, uh, 
on the race course and do a little yeah, virtual find me on Peloton. Uh, bike My ride or bike is, racing. So. We begin again. Um, <laughs> and you can race Brian as well. What's your handle? There you go. Yeah, I'm out of practice, so uh, <laughs> you, can, you won't be racing me. You'll just be crushing me, so. Thank you. Well, this was fun, Courtney. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Um, as always, you brought the brought the Thanks, fire, Ryan. brought the energy, and appreciate you joining. Right. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we go. I'll have to edit some of this, but. <laughs>